polo shirts. They're, they're, they're like the lowest rent I can think of. You're with Julian on the brown note. And The Social Dilemma is the year's most essential documentary, directed by an already award-winning director, Jeff Orlowski. And it focuses on social media. And this isn't so much a review. I've got some notes. I'm actually just going to go through a lot of the elements that are raised in the documentary because they're so important. Um, It's basically a talking heads documentary that feels a little bit too much like a TED Talk but it's very well produced. I would give it 8 out of 10. Uh, it's standard documentary fare. It uses talking heads from the industry, like people that work for Apple, Google, Snapchat, Pinterest, Reddit, high up executive level people who have left the industry due to their concerns about the industry and the impact it's having on society. And it's terrifying. It's utterly terrifying how much deeper this rabbit hole goes. And we're seeing it every day when we look at things like the response to coronavirus, the promotion of this child sex trafficking thing through QAnon. We are seeing the impacts of the social media world. It starts with a quote from Sophocles, nothing vast enters the life of mortals without a curse. And I think that we've given the world an almost unheralded event with the regard with the impact of social media nothing like it's happened before its impact on our attention is huge and we don't really know because we didn't intend to uh, go down this road but we've reached a, a point where we've got things like snapchat dysmorphia where teenage girls are seeking to get plastic surgery to look more like they do online than they do in real life and um, i mentioned in the review of the equally essential the great hack documentary data passed oil in recent years as the most valuable commodity on earth Uh, it's called surveillance capitalism and it's being able to form data points about who you are and sell that Um, and none of this system has been designed with ethics in mind it's it is out of control capitalism but unlike things like tv It's not subject to the laws that a television advert is, if you can advertise towards children and so on. Um, I mean, tech tech companies, it makes the point, used to sell products like computers and software. Now they sell us. And one of the best points it makes is we all think of ourselves as the consumer. But that denotes that we're the customer of Facebook or whichever organ it is. We aren't the customer. We don't give Facebook money. Their customer are advertisers and sellers. We are the product. We are the product being sold. Our attention is being sold. Our information is being sold. But we knew that. What's really, really compelling about this documentary is it's the ability of people like Facebook to modify our behavior and to manipulate our behavior for advertisers that they're selling they're not on selling our data because that's the valuable commodity they're keeping that and they're selling their ability to adapt our behavior on behalf of third parties um they sell these these are the richest companies per per personnel and for overhead costs in the history of mankind And these aren't tools that sit in a shed. These are devices that are actively working 24-7 to get you to engage and to change your behavior. Um, These these things know everything about you. They know 
based on your interactions with them, when you're happy, when you're sad, when you're anxious, when you're lonely. Um, and they work based on all of the da data they've con uh, collected over many years on you. It's called uh, persuasive technology, and it's all based around manipulation. And I think it's very pointed that if you've got a mobile phone with Facebook on it, um, there's a brilliant documentary about pokey machines, slot machines, like they have in Vegas, where you press a button and the wheels spin. And if you've got an online version of that, Facebook's very like that. Because when you pick it up, you spin it down, and you don't know what you're going to get. And this dopamine reward part of it is you, if you're feeling lonely or depressed or anxious or bored, you will pick up your phone and you'll scroll down and you'll get this like you've played a slot machine. But it is exactly like a slot machine or a poking machine because we think it's random and it isn't random. You're not dipping into a live feed. You are looking at something that has been constructed specifically for you. There's nothing random about what you're looking at. You're not turning the TV on. It is the nothing like turning the TV on and, oh, that show's on, I'll flick to another one. This is like the TV is looking at you and producing, every time you press a button, exactly what it thinks will make you engage with it the most. Um, it's designed to reward dopamine in miniature hits on you by getting your attention and by adapting your attention. And... Even the people in the documentary who designed all of this stuff have all spoken about how badly addicted to it they are. And addiction is a massive part of it because addiction means that you're continually engaged with Facebook, Twitter, with uh, Instagram, with Snapchat. You, the more you're engaged with it, and they're not benign actors. They're fighting the other organizations. Even though Facebook owns Instagram, they want you on Facebook, and they're fighting against Instagram. It's heroin. It is a drug, and, and they make the point that the only two groups of people called users are the people that use computers and the people that use drugs. And it is like heroin, and there's a big problem here with mostly drugs affect adults, but if you gave heroin to children, they don't have the life skills, the perspective the mental strength to deal with these things that they're being given, which are impossible for adults to get off of, let alone kids. Um, and I think it does go back further, because if we look at the way the TV dinner impacted, they don't mention this in the doco, but if we look at the TV dinner and the way that that changed the family unit to, if you're not staring at the TV, you're really bored. And everyone started having their d dinner with the TV on. Um, and that this is kind of an extension of this. Um, but the problem is, once you've got kids forming their entire sense of identity through social media, they're the first generation this has happened to. So this is from like 2010, and they're the first group of people in history that have gone through this process where they didn't have an identity before social media. It's formed through it. And whereas they might have had to been good, you know, focused on their classmates, whether someone was good looking in their class, whether someone had wealthy parents in their class, now their peers are the most beautiful women on earth being photographed by the most esteemed photographers with billionaire bank accounts. These are their peer group. 
the the most successful and the most beautiful people in the world and it's fake because they're using you know every photographer and filter under the sun to get there um and there's and and the flip side of it is your peer group at school they can go they can bully you and those things are terrible but you can get busted for bullying someone whereas online thousands of people can bully you and they can bully you in your bedroom and no one can stop them and no one will punish them it has to be an extreme criteria for them to punish and the rates of suicide amongst teenage girls now is catastrophic particularly in the age range 10 to 14 it's nearly trebled since mobile phones got social media and that is because you used to go home and you were safe you're not safe from this bullying at home anymore and you're up against perfection like no one else has we've got already in a few uh, short years we've got the most depressed anxious and suicidal younger generation in recorded history and we've even got side issues that are crushing and this goes hand in hand with the notion of molly coddling children and making them unable to handle negative responses from the world which is a separate thing but it's co-joined here because we've got less and less children in america taking their driving test because they can't handle this pressure they're very anxious they're scared of everything and they're going on dates less all as a response to social media and the self-harm rates are going through the roof we used to protect children on saturday morning tv from advertising but none of that is regulated online all of the regulation we put in place for radio and television because we knew the impact it would have doesn't exist online you've got youtube kids they can show what they want and the kind of advertising they can show is rarely held to any standard and the other thing is these devices have become our pacifier our digital pacifier they are there in front of us to help us and we've come to rely on them as a crutch so if we are lonely or sad or depressed or bored the first thing we pick up is our phone and it's all based around these brilliant brilliant people who came up with algorithms that are really we look at the future for artificial intelligence this this is artificial intelligence this has already happened skynet does exist because these huge banks of computers that are the size of football stadiums that run millions of algorithms designed to collate our behavior and then to predict what we'll do next and to engage with us and to promote products is already beyond human control because we don't understand it completely we might understand someone might understand a fraction of it in their part but the whole thing no one is in control of it and that's the idea that facebook are capable of regulating themselves that assumes that they're capable of doing so and they probably aren't um it's it made a good point about how we look to a point where computers will be stronger than us and they make a good point in the documentary it's they're already stronger than the weaker parts of ourselves the parts that prey on vanity or bullying or harassment or addiction or polarization or people becoming radicalized or angry the weak side of humanity they've already the computer systems have already wiped the floor with us and they use a good example of wikipedia wikipedia 
actually gets criticism. It is the best and most accurate online repository of knowledge in human history. Even the Encyclopedia Britannica had biases and falsehoods in it. Wikipedia is the best repository of information there is. But everyone looking at Wikipedia, if they look up the Social Dilemma documentary, they get the same information. What you get with social media is like everyone that looks at Wikipedia has their own personalised Wikipedia, where every single article you look at is designed to engage you further and to make you keep going uh, and keep being interested in what's going on. And negative things like false news and like things that make you angry or things that make you appalled will drag you in further. So we don't we get our own version of the truth and every single person has a different variant of that truth. And this is about rabbit holes and people getting sucked down rabbit holes which you're seeing with QAnon now, which is you get enticed by one piece of content and then another and pretty soon you believe every conspiracy theory under the sun, uh, which we're seeing with the QAnon thing. I mean a lot of this information is is trolling because it's it's people like the flat earth pages a lot of that isn't even real but it sucks people into this notion that they can't trust anything that's from one source because they've gone down this rabbit hole that tells them that they're being lied to um false information spreads six times faster on twitter than genuine news um so that's what genuine news is up against and We've got state actors like Russia and China that are in this giant battle with, say, America, who use this facility. And we've just seen two of the most punishing and devastating votes in modern British and American history, the election of Trump and Brexit, the ramifications of which will take decades to get past and negative, decade, uh, negative ramifications. And they were knife-edge results, really. And they were influenced massively by disinformation posted on Facebook. Um, and I mentioned Cambridge Analytica in The Great Hacker and, and about how I thought that they might be something to do with QAnon. But this is, if you, what Russia wants to do primarily isn't elect Donald Trump. It's to sow division and chaos in our societies. And they've done that because the UK and America are more divided, more polarized and more chaotic than they've ever been in modern history and that is the end goal um they did russia if russia doesn't go around hacking facebook it uses the same tools and methodologies that facebook uses to give to advertisers to entice people into these rabbit holes and to believe that a different version of the world is a true one to create division um and this is a threat that's existential because it is having an impact on our democracies, on our economies, on our ability to um, accept medical opinion or scientific opinion. Um, they're terraforming the whole world. And when it comes down to it, this doesn't come from a moral place. It's not an immoral place because slavery wasn't about morality when that happened. It was about capitalism. We had slavery and we kept slavery in America past other nations doing so because of capitalism, because it was worth so much money. And the problem we've got at the moment is to get someone like Facebook to change, and obviously they're one part of a massive problem, is to tell them that they have to make less money than their competitors. And that's not going to happen unless governments intervene. And they aren't capable of regulating themselves because 
they are going to work for the most money they can, which will always lead back to the problems that we've got at the moment. Um, and it is people that are critical that will drive this process, the people that attack these organisations and ask for tighter government control. Um, I've, I, I, years ago, I read this thing about, cap, uh, about capitalism, and it's about very large capitalist companies. So say you're a massive company, one of the biggest in the country, your motivations used to change. It didn't solely be about making money anymore. You had obligations, moral obligations for the welfare of the state. And we're seeing that less and less with the new tech companies who aren't just the biggest company in a country, they're the biggest companies globally but they don't operate with any responsibility at all. If you're the biggest manufacturer in your, in your country, you may occasionally be finding yourself doing things that aren't solely for the shareholder because of the importance to the fabric of society. And maybe you even realize that destroying that fabric of society will impact your business at some point. But you do have obligations, and that has been shown in the past with the behavior of very large companies. In the modern era, even the non-tech companies like Walmart and Amazon don't seem to have that anymore. They seem to be solely mechanically driven on a capitalist basis. And I'll just end this uh, very long convolution. I'd say the documentary itself is essential. Um, I think it's brilliantly put together. It is a tad too TED Talkish. And it's got um, dramatic elements woven into it about a family and the impact of um, social media on this particular family. The stuff with the young girl is really good about how she gets these dopamine hits from people liking her picture. But the only thing she walks away with is someone saying that she's got big ears and how that preys on her and how that increases. Um, the other side is a teenage guy that gets involved in Antifa uh, or something like Antifa and that didn't work so much. Um, I thought it was really well put together and the opposite of online debates because it was all about experts in their fields talking rationally and reasonably and backing up what they were saying. So it, watch The Social Dilemma. I'll give it an 8 out of 10. It's the year's most essential documentary and do not miss it. And if you think you understand Facebook, just look at it from the perspective that you are the product. You're the one being sold. You are not a customer of Facebook. You do not give Facebook any money. Other people are their customers. And I think if you want to know if how badly you've been affected, I would just end on this, which is, has your views changed a lot over the last five years? Or did you, uh, did you really have broadly the same views to the same extent before social media? Because I've looked back at myself and... My views about the world are pretty consistent with the views I had about the world as a teenager. Um, so I haven't changed my views, but I'm seeing more and more of my friends that are becoming extremely zealous in a direction that they would have never been 10 years ago. So if you find that your views have changed massively, you've been brainwashed. And at least examine that fact that your views have changed and that they've changed because of social media. And that there, whether or not you're right, you have been brainwashed. Uh, that's it. So 8 out of 10 for The Social Dilemma. And I'm going to play a track from Eve's Two Moors, Heaven for a Tortured Mind, to a Tortured Mind, which is one of my two feature, three feature albums on the show. This is...